Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Bob Gruen, rock and roll photographer from New York, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Hello once again. Uh, this is Martin Popoff. Welcome back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast Pantheon Podcast network. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this episode, episode 75, is that some sort of a milestone? I don't know. Is going to be called This Album's Too Long. Um, This is a debate that a lot of people have with a lot of different records for a lot of different reasons. So I thought it would make uh, kind of an interesting episode. Um, So we obviously, as always, we have uh, five ways to look at uh, this topic. And uh, and I I thought these uh, came out to sort of five different ways. with one a little bit overlapping because it's one that has been talked about um, a little bit, and it's a band that always comes up uh, when we when we have this discussion, and that's the band ACDC. Um, we'll get to that. Um, that's going to be our number fifth one, but our number five. Um, but since they just put out uh, Power Up, uh, there has been some debate about ACDC uh, in this respect, and um, and uh, and and we'll address that. Obviously, it's not the Power Up album. We're going to talk about Black Ice, but but we'll we'll get there in a minute. Um, but yeah, so this episode, um, you know, I, I kind of had it formulating uh, in my mind and a, a faithful listener, uh, Kevin Latham, I, uh, I I guess I spilled the beans when I was thanking him for uh, his Kofi uh, donation that, um, you know, that I was going to, uh, that I was thinking of doing this. And he helpfully uh, came up with a few that really got my mind thinking, okay, there's another way of looking at this and here's another way. Um, so kudos to Kevin for um, coming up with a couple of these choices, actually. Um and ways of looking at these and then giving me some other examples. But we will get to that. One I was going to do, I guess let's get started with this. Um, let's play this first of all, and and let's talk about this. But it's one that I, I knew I was going to do and Kevin, come up, uh, Kevin came up with as well. Um, take a listen. This is The Clash with Version Partner. <laughs> All right, so I hope that wasn't too painful to listen to. That's the last time you're going to hear um, that kind of music uh, <laughs> on uh, on this episode. The rest is a little bit more uh, what you're used to listening to. Um, 
but no, I, I do find that a little painful and uh, and not because it's dub music, but because it is a repeat, uh, kind of uh, a redo of a song that is already on this album. So um, so the episode's called This Album's Too Long. This is the album uh, Sandinista by The Clash, 1980. Um, it is uh, it is often talked about, um, you know, greatly debated uh, among music fans when you talk about albums that are too long. So what, so what happened here? So basically, The Clash uh, came out with an amazing, amazing double album called London Calling. I don't think a lot of people would call that album too long. Um, they, they, they came up with great song after great song. Um, you know, it, it's essentially, it's one of my favorite albums of all time, and uh, and I love double albums. Um, Physical Graffiti, I've often called my favorite album of all time. I don't think that's too long either. So it's possible to make a long album and not have it be too long. And uh, and when that happens, when you have that kind of victory, that kind of triumph, people like me will say it's the greatest album of all time. And I and I do feel that way somewhat uh, about London Calling and Physical Graffiti. So what happened was The Clash followed up London Calling, a double album, with a triple album. Uh, you know, it was considered at the time, you know, the label was telling him, no, don't do this. It's it's commercial suicide, et cetera, et cetera. And, and frankly, I mean, it, it did sort of uh, mar their reputation a little bit. Um, but it was audacious, and it is an amazing, amazing album. I love this record to death. I think it's really cool, but they just so stepped in it, the idea that this could have been a double album. So so one of the great parlor games of uh, punk and post-punk fans is uh, is playing the game. Uh, what would your ideal double album of Sandinista be? Sandinista with an exclamation mark. Um but just to give you a little analysis, so so um, you know, I, I think I think if this was a double album, it would be as good as London Calling, if not better. If I if I could make my perfect double album out of it, but just to give you a little bit of a of a way that this album is too long. So so when you get to the end of the album, it literally looks like they're running out of steam and they don't know what to do. Um, and so so it's just so graphically obvious when you get to like side six that that um, this this really should have been pared down because they're just like they're smoking a lot of pot and making dub versions of songs and jokey songs and sound effecty sort of songs uh that you go all right you guys you guys really should have made this a double um but they insisted they put their foot down they wanted it to come out they like this idea of dub versions of songs and sound collages and doing this sort of multicultural thing. But so Side Six has a song called Silicon Sapphire on it, which is essentially sound effects and it's it's like a dub version of Washington Bullets, which is already on the album. Version Partner, which I played you is Junko Partner, a dub version. Um Career Opportunities is like a pop guest vocal haha joke version of a song that goes back to their debut album. Um, it's almost like a little bit like the great rock and roll swindle is a swindle, and that's a double album by the Sex Pistols, and there's just a lot of filler and weird stuff on there. It's not even, obviously, not even really a Sex Pistols album. Everybody considers them to have one album, that band, right? Um, but this feels like a great rock and roll swindle song uh, on a Clash record. 
And then you've got Shepherd Delight, which is an instrumental that sounds like the Stranglers, the Men in Black. Uh, Side 5 has Men's Fourth Hill, which is backwards sound effects. Um, it's not even really a song. I mean, it's a song done backwards, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, it's got some not great songs on it. I don't think Junkie Slip, Kingston Advice, and Street Parade are are the greatest songs on this album, but they are, they are proper songs. But that's all on Side 5. So again, it's this idea that you get to the end of Sandinista and it just starts to droop really really bad and it should have been a double album you know side two's got one more dub which is a dub version of one more time and they're right next to each other blah 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 um, and one other point I wanted to make before we move on in this idea, you know, um, Kevin, Kevin brought up Fleetwood Mac Tusk and, and Tusk is an interesting one because I think if that wasn't a double album, we'd have a lot less, uh, to talk heatedly, uh, about Fleetwood Mac about. Um, I, I think it's cool that they did that record. I mean, I think if you took all the commercial songs, the expected songs, and put it out, I think you'd start to see the demise of the excitement for the band Fleetwood Mac. Um, so I just thought it was it was a cool idea to do this, this weird sort of, uh, you know, tribal, scrappy album mixed with commercial songs, you know, weird album cover, uh, weird title, um, I think it just gives gives the Fleetwood Mac story probably one of the most interesting things about the Fleetwood Mac story to talk about that they put out this double album. Um, so yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool. Um, so th- so there's a there's a question marky kind of double album for you, but this isn't all about double albums. So let's move on. Um, all right, so let's go to our number two selection. Take a listen to this. Uh, this is something like I say you're a little more accustomed to hearing on history and five songs. Uh, this is Dawkins with "Burning Like a Flame." right so now we have another reason to say an album is too long so Dawkins came back with this third album now now i liked back for the attack when it came out i even liked the idea that it was long it gave us a lot of substance um you know i'm always of this opinion that that um i'd rather have a long album because it then then i could decide which songs aren't so great like i don't think this burning like a flame song does anything suit too special that Dawkins needed to do um but the reason this album is too long, get this. I mean, this album is is a slightly over an hour long, but it's a it's one piece of vinyl. It's coming out in the vinyl age. This is 1987. CDs don't really start taking over the world, and you know they're forcing you to buy the um, the CD. Because I remember this exactly. It was it was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mother's Milk, and it was Aerosmith Pump when this happened down at Sam the Record Man here in in um, in Toronto. That's when the shift came for me. Um, uh, so, so those are like 89 albums. Um, but 1987, I bought this on vinyl and this album is too long because all those things that those lazy bands like Van Halen were telling you that, oh, you you really only should put a half hour, uh, you know, 15 minutes aside on an album. It, it, it actually is kind of true because, uh, you know, you get this as a, as one piece of vinyl with, with, you know, uh, with, with an hour's worth of music on it. 
so so like you know uh, half an hour on each side what happens is the grooves on the vinyl are much closer together and it doesn't have that that uh that you know the peaks and valleys that that you want to have happen you know it just like take a 45 rpm uh record on um on 12 inch or 10 inch or whatever. And, and, and the, you know, there is a lot more of that Neil Young analog warmth, um, to, to a piece of vinyl when the grooves are farther apart and you can do more to it. So, so this Dawkin album actually doesn't sound that great. Um, it, it sounds kind of harsh and compressed because it is compressed. Um, you know, they, s- s- some, some idiot thought, um, you can put an, an album's worth, uh, an hour's worth of music on a piece of vinyl and it doesn't really work. I mean, this album often gets um accused of having cocaine ears right um but but the cocaine ear sound of it like where you know there's there's a shrillness and people you know don't have their eye in the ball of the mix or whatever that that you know a lot of a lot of these big gratuitous hair albums got accused of uh, a lot of the cocaine ears of this album are are literally because uh they're they're putting an hour's worth of vinyl on it um just another one that came to mind that that uh, gets gets accused for a lot of different reasons of not sounding great is bluish to cult imaginos and that's you know it's recorded over a lot of time and there's a lot of guest musicians and stuff like that and that's all true but also it's a 55 minute album on one piece of vinyl you know a side one and a side two so there's another reason to say this album's too long uh you can't fit uh this music and and have it sound good this much music on a piece of vinyl all right let's take a break we'll be right back okay here we are back again on history and five songs with martin popoff episode 19 or 1975 episode 75 1975 is a great angel song on their their last album risen uh episode 75 this album's too long take a listen to this and we'll discuss this is extreme with am i ever gonna change All right, so this is um, this is the, the the main debate, the main situation where people say this album is too long. So when vinyl was out, as we discussed, uh, you know, most vinyl records, uh, you know, w- would clock in uh, kind of thirty-seven to forty minutes would be would be a good substantial vinyl record. When CDs came out, you could fit eighty minutes uh, on a CD. Now, what happened was uh, a lot of bands uh, just filled up that time. They thought, great, uh, an album is now going to be eighty minutes, and then course in the industry there was all this justification of the high prices of cds saying oh you're getting so much more music and it's better sounding and all that kind of stuff and and it's true with the ticks and pops you don't you don't have that with a cd although when a cd scratches it gets a lot worse when a vinyl than when a vinyl scratches but um there were a lot of these albums out here now this is a bit of a special case but there were a lot of albums out there where they just filled it up and people really started talking about that idea of filler They'd say, oh, it only had one good song on it and they had 14 lousy songs and all this. And I never really bought that argument, but, you know, sometimes an album really did just feel too long. 
and it, and it's a weird thing to want less from a band. Um, it's a it's a weird sort of time slip, uh, odd psychological philosophical argument. You know, is this band overstaying its welcome? Are they putting filler on here? Um, do I have uh, eighty minutes in my life for this record or seventy five minutes? Um, Anyways, this extreme one, though, um, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, I picked this one because it's called Three Sides to Every Story. I love this album, loved it when it came out. But the weird thing about it is it's considered to be sort of like a three-sided album. I never liked that idea. I think there was a band, Rock City Angels, did a three-sided album once. One of my favorite albums of all time, please go listen to this, uh, The Chameleons UK, Strange Times. Just adore that album to death. But my copy of it in Canada came up, came with an extra. Extra EP of extra stuff. So it, it felt like there was straggly things going on with it that I, I didn't like. So I don't like when you extend a single album, but you don't really make it a double album. And this extreme kind of felt that way. And what I really don't like about this is that the third side of it, so the first side is six songs called Yours, the second side is uh, called Mine, and it's another five songs. And then And the Truth, Ampersand the Truth, Three songs, 623, 657, 819. You know, Rise and Shine is a ballad. Am I Ever Gonna Change, which we played, uh, is, uh, is it's kind of like an orchestrated, uh, it, it sounds like a pornography outtake. It's a little funky and it's it's poppy and it's orchestrated, kind of like a grab bag. Who Cares is like a, like a big queen epic. It's orchestrated. Um, so I really felt like uh, you could have just dropped off that final, what is that, uh, 12, 20, 21, 22 minutes of this album and made it a much more succinct album. Uh, you could have even taken off God Isn't Dead, question mark, at 2 minutes 02, which is the last song before you get to this third side, quote unquote. Uh, and it would have been an even tighter album, ending it with Stop the World, which was a great song. So, you know, every song on here is long. Everything's five, six minutes. There's there's a few fours in there, but everything's quite long on it. Um, but yeah, this brings up the idea of, uh, like, like I remember... Um, you know, comparing it to working on the Rush movie. When we had the Rush movie at Banger Films, that thing was was uh, lived at four hours for a long time. It lived at three hours for a few more months. It lived at two hours. And I remember, uh, you know, right right when it was like, okay, we got to wrap this thing up. This is just, you know, obsessive. It's hanging around for so long. It immediately got chopped down to 88 minutes, which is, you know, a, a very, very disciplined length for a movie, right? Um, but the whole idea is... Um, we're making a movie here. It's an it's an identity of its own. We want people to say it's a good movie. We don't want critics, you know, sure, the super fans want it to be the four-hour movie, but we don't want critics to say uh, that it felt too long or it dragged in any part whatsoever. So as as its own identity, as its own person walking around, as its own personality, as, as its own don't stay too late at the party uh, idea, um, you know, you want it, you want people to come away from it feeling that it was swift moving. So that's one of these ideas with um, with the CD age thing, people getting enamored right away with the idea that we can fit this much music, let's go ahead and fit this uh, this much music. You know, even Pornography by Extreme, which I love as well, great, great album, their second album, that's 64 minutes long. So that's a pretty long album too. And that's one where it might feel a little bit more like the conventional. Um, if you took one or two songs off it, um, would people would would that cause people to focus more on the songs that are there and realize how good those songs are? Um, 
More on that later um, because our last one's going to have a, a similar sort of idea to it when we talk a little bit about ACDC. But uh, let's move on. Um, so take a listen to this. This is our fourth selection here on History in Five Songs. This is Iron Maiden. Maybe you've heard of them. With uh, Shadows of the Valley. Walking in a dark world that's been kissed with sadness without sunlight. Things are born to the dead of nightmares. Stoneless demons laughing in a sea of madness. Listen closely to the raven's call. Bring it out for a world that's Okay, so um, so this is uh, this is one where uh, you know Kevin Kevin mentioned uh, his, his I'll quote him. He said one approach I was coming from is this is use of repeated choruses, extended soloing, and lack of a musical edit. These three causing a sort of listener fatigue that seems to make the album longer than what the actual time clocks in at. So. Iron Maiden definitely had this problem, and uh, and there's a lot of uh, haters of Book of Souls because number one, um, they even just decided we we aren't going to even edit this so it fits on one CD anymore. So th- so up up to this point, they've been making long albums with a lot of long songs that certainly could have used um, edits. Where I feel like you know I love later Iron Maiden. Don't get me wrong, like later Iron Maiden and the very early Iron Maiden are, are my two favorite periods of Iron Maiden. I I'm 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 like a not liker of the middle Iron Maiden. Um, but um, so I get a lot out of all of these later Iron Maiden albums. But um, so many of these songs feel like they are songs that went seven minutes that could have been three and a half minutes. They had the ideas are there. Um, and there's a bunch of extraneous stuff, uh, as Kevin says here in 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 the jam sessions, uh, jam sections, uh, to, you know, to get all these three guitarists in there soloing and whatnot, and too many times at the chorus, and too much of a buildup. That's the other thing that drives me crazy with this, these Maiden songs, where um, you know, if someone came in and really cracked the whip with Steve and said, um, you know, this is a three and a half minute song. You have enough ideas here for a three and a half minute song. Let's make it a three and a half minute song. Iron Maiden definitely 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 is a band that could have could have used this but as i was saying on book of souls and why i picked a song from book and souls book of souls is that they went and made it a double album uh and and then and then they didn't even go crazy and make it a super long double album but they made it it's 92 minutes and 11 seconds and again these songs all could have been you know greatly edited down or a lot of them you've got on this you've got uh You've got a 10-minute or a 13-minute or 8 minutes. Um, you've got 7, 6, 5, uh, 18 for Empire of the Clouds, their longest song. Um, so yeah, something could have happened there. And uh, another band I feel has that has gone this way that I kind of wish they hadn't gone this way is Metallica. Uh, their last two albums... Um, you know, are are filled up with seven and six and eight minute songs, uh, and and one of the things that frustrates me so much is that Metallica, uh, they always were in the beginning probably the greatest writers of heavy metal riffs of all time, but in the in the end in these last few albums they've actually uh, proved that even underscored that because there are so many amazing amazing riffs across all these Metallica songs. But it's like it's almost like way too much. It's an inundation of riffs again with long intros and stuff like that. Um, 
and just too many ideas crammed into each song. I I want to hear I want to hear that Metallica album of three and four minute songs, and I I really want to have uh, a thir- you know a thirteen song Metallica album that's clocking in at fifty four minutes or something like that. But uh, but you know we've got uh, we've got seventy four minutes forty six seconds. Um, uh, what else we got? So, so yeah, I mean, both of them, and then, uh, and then, and then a double album, um, you know, uh, seventy-seven minutes, uh, forty, forty-two seconds. Uh, but again, I'm looking at all these song lengths of of all these things, and they're all six and fives and eights and sevens. Um, so Metallica it has really gone down the same road as Iron Maiden, and uh, and I kind of wish they uh, wish they didn't. All right, so we're up to our last selection. Uh, take a listen to this. This is ACDC with She Likes Rock and Roll. All right, so this actually, I'm I'm doing uh, you know a dedication to ACDC for our last one um, because this is the one that 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 people always bring up when they're talking about this, and and it's a debate because it's not fully true that ACDC does this, but um, it gets brought up with the Black Ice album. It's really the only time they've given us one of these albums where you go, wow, that's a lot of ACDC songs on one album because Black Ice has 15 songs on it. Other albums of the CD age, Ball Breaker has 11 songs on it. Um, Stiff Upper Lip is 12. Rocker Bust is 11. Don't like Rocker Bust at all. I wish those would have been a different 11 songs, or or, or most of them anyways. Um, and uh, Razor's Edge is uh, 12. And uh, I can't remember how many Power Up is right now, um, but it's not too many. I, it's 12 or 13, something like that. Um so, but I have, I have heard, um, this is the interesting thing. So even though Power Up isn't that long, um, I have seen, you know, many, many YouTube comments because I did a, did a big review of it for, for Overkill Reviews and, you know, there's 400 comments or something. When people invariably start talking about the songs, you will see certain songs bubbling up to the top where um, there does seem to be a consensus where people have said, this is not a great ACDC song. You know, they could have left this one off or whatever. So there is there is a little bit of people saying, oh, they should have knocked one or two songs off of Power Up and um, it would have been a better album. But what I always say is that... Um, Who's to who's going to decide? I mean, you you think are you going to leave it to the label to decide which songs should come off because they're not going to pick the same ones as you. But I w- I wish that there there was a, a little more of like a product testing this stuff before it comes out. Where if you took some deep deep fans, um, I bet you could come up with a consensus of which songs to take off uh, one of these albums. Now, when Black Ice came out, um, I was I was generally quite happy that it was long and i would debate people who did say it was too long because 15 songs is a little odd um and like i say it's the only time acdc's ever done this um 
But I did, you know, you did have people saying it is too long. And it's my favorite of all of those last one, two, three, four, five ACDC albums. So starting, I would say I like Razor's Edge more, but everything after Razor's Edge, Black Ice is my favorite one. And it is because there is enough choice on it to subconsciously or unconsciously in my head make uh, a really super, super solid 10, 11 song album. But even myself, I'm resigned to thinking, oh, you know, you know, wondering, oh, what it would be like if I, if I could take off three or four songs. So what I decided is uh, this one, She Likes Rock and Roll, I don't think is a great song. I think you could have took off Anything Goes and I think you could have took off Smash and Grab and I would have been maybe more happy with it. But again, the problem is, who are you going to trust to take off the exact songs you would have wanted to take off? Remember my episode uh, of a couple couple episodes ago called uh, Crazy Ideas. Another crazy idea I uh, I had is that I I would love there to be like a contest. Say Judas Priest runs a contest and says uh, winner of the contest gets to come into us in the studio when we're almost finished our album or we're in the demo stage or whatever, and you get to tell us what material to leave off the album or how to change an album or uh, or you know pick these songs these are the best songs forget these don't work on these move, move this chorus to there you know some some good deep fans of a band tell us what to do wouldn't that be kind of cool because i've i've so many times i've had bands give me an album as it's just coming out or it's going to come out and say just just you know i don't want a review of it just give me your honest truth like what do you like what do you don't like about this album kind of thing and my my first thought is always I wish you would come to me uh, before it comes out so so I can really tell you something that is material, uh, you know, knowledge that you can act upon and saying, leave that song off it or whatever. So, you know, it, you know, everybody wants to actually have an effect. You know, you don't you don't want to be asked these things after it comes out and it can't be changed. But uh, but I, I always thought that would be a really cool contest. Like, hey, come in, come with ACDs, you know, come in and hear, uh, you know, no recording and all that. But put 20, 20 uh, punters around a, a boardroom table with uh, with the, you know, the uh, 17 or 18 or 19 songs that could go on power up, power up. And, uh, and have everybody vote on which ones to leave off. And I bet after enough consensus, now this is the thing, you, I don't think you'd get that consensus after 20 people, but you'd get that consensus after 100 people um, of which ones to leave off. So, so again, I'm going to include ACDC in here simply to talk about Black Ice, but this is not a band who is, who's ever been uh, particularly um, you know, uh, guilty of this. Um, that is our last one. I, I did want to mention uh, a, a few that um, Kevin Latham also mentioned. Um, Metallica and Justice for All. I thought that was a good choice because because there again, there's Metallica doing what they did later, doing it early, where uh, you know they they went and made a double album. But could you have made a single album out of that? Possibly. Um, He's got an ELP Works, Kiss Psycho Circus. I didn't really check that one. That's just a crap album anyways. Maybe it's a joke. He put all four Kiss solo albums, Frank Zappa, Uncle Meat, Primus Pork Soda, Nitro. He mentioned L.A. Guns. I think L.A. Guns has one or two uh, like that where they really loaded up on the songs. Um, there you go. So um, there's a whole bunch of different reasons to think that an album is too long. But but again, it, it's, it's a very weird thing, right? Um, because like I say, back at Black Ice, it was like, no, I, 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 wanna, I want all this material. Let me decide which one's not to listen to. We don't get a lot of ACDC all the time in our lives. Um, don't, don't have them hold back. Who knows when we're ever going to see them again. So that's why it, it's kind of nice to get a lot. As Engve says, more is more, not less is more. Um, 
So there you go. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to ko-fi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or, or a pint. Um, I want to thank uh, Roberto Vega this time. Uh, really uh, went to bat and basically, uh, you know, financed this entire episode. But uh, as always, there are some great regulars here as well. Augustine Garcia de Paredes, Bruce Campbell, Todd Bookman, Colston Veer, Dave Fisher, uh, Kevin, of course, Jason Leonard, Blaze Barshaw, Jeremy French, um, always around. Uh, good to see. Good to good to see the support. Thank you very much. I'm glad to hear people are listening. Obviously, you can go to martinpopoff.com for your book needs. I'm signing and sending out a lot of the uh, the new Van Halen a visual biography, and people are picking up. Uh, Unchained, my Van Halen user manual, but I've got all the maidens. I've got, I've still got a good supply of the Thin Lizzy visual biography. Um, so I am signing and sending those out. I'm doing a lot of Christmas presents uh, this time of year, so um, I can sign them to whoever. I can write a special note, whatever you like. MartinPopoff.com. Thank you very much. Until next time, uh, talk to you later. Go play some long albums. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.